point scores the overtime winner is the Tampa Bay Lightning. Dave off elimination. And send this series, do I dare say it, to game seven. Where they haven't exactly been kind lately. As I get my computer down, the volume down. All right. Here we go. Let's welcome in everybody. Derek Brandeo, Hal Moranovic. Oh, I butchered it. See, I'm just so nervous about game seven. <laughs> Sammy McKee. And let's welcome in Justin Bourne. Justin Bourne on location today. Sammy, as we got our good pal down south of the border on a celebration of life for his father-in-law and our hockey hero, Clark Gillies. JB, yeah. you got me? You good? I, I got you. You guys hear me all right? Everything sounds good? Yeah, we're good, pal. We're good. Cool. Um, and for the the people on YouTube, Kipper, I just got to say, everything that I can grab within my reach in Clark's office here, just Hall of Fame memorabilia floating about. I mean, this office is a gold mine. There's a Gordy Howe stick just in the closet. Nice. Good to hear. And I'm sure, um, you know, between sharing great memories uh, about Clark, uh, there were some times to watch uh, some playoff hockey, including Tampa and Toronto. And uh, just when you think, uh, and we'll bring Sammy into this, the Leafs have found every which way to leave your leave yourself a little heartbroken they found it maybe a new way in game six and, and really to no fault of their own. And yeah, we're going to probably pick apart a few things that we didn't like and, uh, and critique them. But overall, if they didn't give themselves a chance to win game six, they never will. Uh, they were right there, right to the very end. Uh, um, let's bring in Sammy McKee, of course, uh, part of the uh, trio here on Real Kipper and Born. And, and Sammy, I, I know you were a little nervous, a little apprehensive, like everybody, every every Leaf fan going into it. But, you know, with the thought of a Matthews and a Marner and uh, certainly a, a Jack Campbell feeling good, yeah, you had to feel like they, they had a good chance to win. And gosh darn, they, they really did. Yeah, I... You know, I'm broken a little bit today, Kipper, a little bit beaten down by that game last night because the just to go down two again in the second period and be playing. Hey, they played well. There's a couple of mistakes that they made. We'll get into those later. And to have that unbelievable comeback where Matthews scores you one and then your captain comes up and plays maybe the best period he's played as a Leaf with two goals. And you tie, you tie it and then you get that go-ahead goal late in the third in the second, sorry. And the five on three, it just it just really is starting to feel. All right, don't don't get ahead of yourself here. It's just okay. really Let's, starting to feel, don't, Kipper. Don't cross the finish line of game seven until we've thoroughly dissected game six and maybe find reasons why people should feel a little different uh going into game seven, which has not been kind. Um Certainly when we look at uh, Leafs and potential series clinching games since 2013, we are looking at 0 for for 9, which doesn't leave you feeling really good about Saturday night. But yet again, it's not exactly the same roster that uh, has appeared in in those last uh, 
Eight games. No, but they're wearing the same jersey, Skipper. <laughs> so you mentioned the record there now, and yes. everyone knows what it was, but, you know, we'll, we'll reset it here. It leaves some potential series clinching games since 2013, which is, of course, the, the big collapse against the Bruins, and it's not a lot of crossover from those teams, so it's not necessarily fair to throw it in there, but I will. So it's they're 0-9. In those games, they've scored 20 goals. They have 38 goals against, and this is what really gets me, the special teams. They're two for 19 in those games. 10.5%, zero power play goals in the last seven of the, in those, in the last seven games. Yeah. And on the penalty kill, Kipper, 10 for 17 at 58%. So it just, those games and any, uh, any playoff game really comes down to special teams and they've just been caved in, in those games. And I guess it kind of happened last night with the special teams. We're going to bring in Wendell Clark uh, in about 40 minutes. Of course, this is a, a Leaf legend who's uh, very familiar with Game 7's six goals. Third all-time. Third all-time. In in, uh, in in Game 7 goals, which is pretty so unbelievable. He'll he'll help uh, Sammy and, and many of you out there maybe to calm the nerves a little bit as well. And in the second hour, I want to hunt down uh, Stefan Mateau, who's a teammate of mine in 94. And if there's anyone that we could uh, talk about who isn't a Hall of Famer, and yeah, there's there's some greats out there who have a great great uh, Game Seven reputation, including a, a Glenn Anderson, uh, Justin Williams as well. Uh, but when it talks to maybe an opportunity to to be a somewhat of an unlikely hero, can you think of a, another one that scored a bigger goal? in modern history than Stefan Mateau did in game seven in a conference final against uh, New Jersey. So it'll be fun to catch up with him and, and maybe speak of uh, an opportunity maybe for a few Leafs now to maybe carve their, their name in history as early as uh, tomorrow night. So Stefan Mateau in, in the second hour. All right, let's go to uh, some Kipper Clippers here, and uh, we'll focus on Sheldon Keefe now and, and maybe get his sense moments after uh, the loss and, and what he saw out of game six. Let's go to Sheldon. Yeah, I thought our guys played hard. Not a lot between the two teams, which is why you get it to overtime. Loved how we played in overtime. We attacked. We had chances. Plenty of opportunities to, to finish it and really gave them nothing until they had the look and then, you know, they they made good on their one look. So that's the difference. He's not wrong in terms of, and there's some times when I've accused Sheldon of maybe sugarcoating it a little bit too much, thinking that maybe his guys are a little oversensitive. and But not in this case, Sammy. Not, not when you talk about, what we saw for close to 80 minutes of hockey, like in, in every aspect, even, even going down. I mean, the look of, of a team that's resilient, uh, a team that isn't ever out of it, they had that look that, that gave them an opportunity to close this thing out. And uh, uh, Sammy, we, uh, we got Justin back on. But Borny has returned. All right. From from parts unknown, Borny, you there? Hey, buddy, how are you? Hey, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, no, no camera now. That's okay. uh, JB, we just uh, seconds ago uh, heard Sheldon basically essentially say that, hey, what more 
could we do? We gave ourselves a chance to win. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's the absolute truth, right? Like, I feel like we've talked about these elimination games for the Leafs, and in the past, it's just been a disappearance. You know, like, it's not like anything tremendously bad happened. They just kind of went away. And I didn't get that vibe from them last night. You know, there was a pushback and resolve, and really, I thought, in Tampa Bay, against Tampa Bay's get best effort, were able to push back and gave an effort to be proud of. Just, you know, hockey's a cruel game. The puck doesn't always go in the net, and I thought they, they deserved it last night, and, of course, they can't rest on that, but I, I was really impressed with the way they battled back in the second half of that game. As, as far as, uh, you, you got a comment, Sammy? Yeah, and I just want to kind of piggyback off the back of what Borny said there. I agree, and uh, the the coach agreed. You know, they came out after they went up. They went down two nothing again for the second straight night, or the second straight game. I thought they played some of their best hockey in this era of Leafs hockey. Like they were just unbelievable. You know, Matthews with the tip in front. We talked about the other two goals, but it just really feels like a different thing. But then when you talk about how it feels like a different thing, they still can't get a bounce anywhere in overtime. They still can't find a way. They just need to want to bounce off somebody's ass or, you know, go off someone's foot or off a stick, and they just can't get a break. And as a, as a fan, it, the doubt can't help but creep into your mind. It's like, is this ever going to happen, boys? Like, if you play that game last night and they don't get that one, when will they get one? It's hard to imagine. It really is. And I'm not trying to be negative, but it's really hard to imagine after losing that game last night and the way it well, went. Sammy, what, like, uh, they're cursed? Is that yes. what you're telling me? A hundred percent. No. They are cursed, no. boys. No, I don't want to buy that. It's not real. It, it is the realest oh thing. Oh, my God. Now that's it. They got to put on the Bieber reverse jerseys on sa- on whatever, Saturday night. Who do we bring in? To, Different look. We got, we got tomorrow night puck drop who do we find to break this curse who do we have like come we on need a shaman. yeah shaman we need a shaman a we need someone in there i don't know what we get need. to the yellow pages please god it's just i i i princess cleo i don't want to believe in this stuff boys i really don't want to believe don't. in it but then don't. i do yeah, kipper's kipper's right sammy kipper's right. how about just cleaning up a few things can we just start there including stupid, dumb drop passes in the neutral zone. And I'm not hanging this on Kerfoot, but when, you're, when you've got that history, you can't afford to make these plays. You can't. Yeah. You know, that's, that, that's a bummer. I, I really thought there were a couple moments where I was like, you know, I don't think Jack Campbell played bad last game, but I was like, oh, Jack, bail him out here. Like, bail the boys out once in a while and those ones. They always, you know, even the, the OT winners, Matt, winner Matthews falls in a way he hasn't fallen all season. It was like, all right, we'll just bail him out so he's not on the high low. Boy, it's in the net. You know, I was disappointed that those the, the, the guys couldn't get bailed out because both errors were kind of awkward things that rarely happen. I don't know if I've seen Kerfoot do that all season. Uh, and then we're going to... We, you just can't go much further in our show anyways without talking about uh, the officials. And before we dissect it, let's listen to the captain. And by far, may, the, the, the best game I've ever seen out of Tavares in a Leaf uniform. 
And I'll argue to find me a better game he ever played as an Islander than last night. I thought he brought it like I've never seen out of 91. But let's go to his comment, Derek, on what he thought last night of the officials. You guys seem pretty frustrated with after they tied the game. What was kind of- I don't have any comments about the refs tonight. Ooh, that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's explicit from him. That's, okay. that's violent language. So yeah, He might as well just dropped a bunch of F-bombs there by saying that. That's, <laughs> that's, as, fired up as, that's as fired up as you're ever going to hear John Tavares. Let's focus in on the five-on-three because everything seemed to be in control. And then, boom, Kemp. And then Kerfoot followed it up. JB, you go first. Well, you know, I, this is actually good because we, we'll, we'll get to Sheldon after our opinion. But, like, so the camp one, not not a high stick to me. Catches Calfoot in the shoulder. Tough call. Tough one to take at that moment of the game. The Kerfoot one is kind of awkward. And, you know, the stick gets brought up by Hedman into his face. But, like, you know, it's Kerfoot's stick. It's in his face. you got to control your own stick. So, I mean, they're penalties most of the time, most of the season. I don't think there's any way the ref is like, aha, I'm going to stick it to the Leafs. They got a couple of tough plays that happened at the wrong time. That's kind of the way the sport goes. That's why we play best of seven, Kipper. Let's go to Sheldon Keefe, and then Sammy and I will pick it up. In in that moment, it's tough to take, right? I mean, you know, but I have, I have the benefit of, of a slow motion replay. Officials don't, so they're in a tough position. But, yeah, certainly it's a, it's a tough one to take. You know, um, but it's the way the game goes. God, you just hope there's some officials that listen to him and go, the guy never buries us. He never does. He never buries us. Always nice. And, God, he's giving us outs where he's got the luxury of seeing a replay and they don't. And can, can it please just bounce our way once because of it? I yeah, I want yet. I want to sit here so badly and join my Leafs Nation brethren and just bury the officials. I want to be as mad as everybody is in my life about the officials and the texts and the everything I've been fielding about it. But the one on camp is a borderline impossible call for the ref to not make. Wait, so you see it's depending on where the guy is on the ice and you're on the backside of him, you see the stick up by the shoulder, which is dumb in the first place. You can't have your stick up that high. He snaps his head back. It's a bang-bang play. It's a fast game out there. The ref puts his arm up. He has to make a snap decision, and everybody's killing him for it. And the other one, Kerfoot, get your stick out of his throat. Like, what are you doing? Well, I, I understand that, listen, I understand that he, the Zapruder film is out there, and it's a tough video to watch. And it's hard for me to see it. I, it's really breaking my heart to look at it. But it's an impossible ask for the ref to nail that call. It looked like a high stick. Didn't you guys both think it was a high stick in the moment? Are we talking just specifically like, like, Kerfoot? No, no, I'm talking about Camp, the yes. one that's the phantom. Everybody, he put the arm up, and I was like, oh, he obviously high-sticked him. I thought it was a high stick, and they have to make that call in the moment. They don't have the, the benefit of yes. the, like Keith said. Anyway, sorry. Just I, I've just there's well, been I've seen some takes out there. It's the, like the Kerfoot probably bothered me a lot more. And from a call perspective or play perspective? Just, just not being putting yourself in a position to to have that stick come up. Like, first of all, he's six six. Kerfoot's what, five eleven, six feet. You, sure. you're, you're never gonna 
you're never going to win a physical battle against that guy. So it, it's paramount that you just are are controlling your space and the ability to maybe find the puck. But I, I'm watching Kerfoot in this series, and I want to go earlier in the series where he's hunting down a guy in the neutral zone. And remember the hold? Chasing on the on the back check yeah. earlier in the series. Yep, and they cost him a goal early in that period, changed the game. Okay, and when when things are ramped up in the playoffs like this, of course you're gonna you're 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 gonna try a little harder, and that's that physical aspect. And everybody's in the everybody's in the room saying we got to finish our checks and we got to play tough and we got to do and 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 it's sucked Kerfoot into now where it's almost as if that he, when he over tries because he's not a physical player because. He doesn't ask of himself over 82 games to finish every check and 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 confront guys. It's almost like it's foreign to him now. And now he's taking bad penalties. And it's like, okay. no, you are a guy that needs to go north south. And that's it. See, see, okay. I'll give you I'll give you that it's you know, he's taken a couple of bad penalties here. But that same overtrying you're talking about, to me, has made him a way more effective player. Than, than he's been in the regular season. Like, I think the playoffs works well for his style and his well, skating just, and his willingness to, to get inside. Can, can you keep that and, and just stay out of the box and stop taking, like, dumb penalties? Can we just get him to do yeah. that? <laughs> yes, yes. That's it. I'll, I'll buy into what you're saying, ask. but just don't overtry yeah. to the point where, you know, it sucks some oxygen out of your brain and all of a sudden you got... Uh, the, the top of the of your blade underneath Hedman's chin. Yeah. You know, well, part that's of what all. you're talking about is that, that he's probably sniffing for offense. Like a lot of these guys doing the PK thinking, hey, if I can pick his pocket here, you know, like our PK creates offense, right? Like it is that little bit of, of too much. And I agree that at times, and that was one for sure, where you're not going to get anything out of wheeling the puck off Hedman down there. So just yeah. back off and play, you know, get into your forecheck. Uh, and the in you know it was a tough night for Kerfoot. Let's face it. And he, there was a ch- there's a couple of chances. Maybe you could he, redeem yourself a little bit. He hit the knob of Vasilevsky's stick right? in the third period. And that, oh, an OT. He he got the dish from Tavares yeah. where he's in behind the D. Makes yeah. a great play and gets his own rebound. Yeah, I know. Ugh. He was all over it. But yeah, to, to <laughs> bad outcome. Not to sigh audibly on air, but yeah, that overtime. <laughs> I they, I don't know if you want to get into it, but I think that's as good as the lease have looked. I think to in that the whole series they looked amazing and not to be doom and gloom guy again here but very 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 eerily similar to last year's game six in montreal where the leafs tie it late so it's the reverse from that so tj brody ties it late in the third period of montreal they go to Mont- they go into overtime they pepper the Montreal Canadiens. What was it? 14 shots, 15 shots that they had to start that overtime. And then uh, Travis Dermott coughs it up and Kakanyemi scores in overtime to send it to game seven. Very similar last night. I think they had nine or ten shots in overtime. And then I think their first chance goes in the yeah. net. Eerily that, similar. You know, I'm sitting here in New York, and my mom uh, flew in for this event for Clark's thing. Um, you know, she watched the Islanders win all those cups and watched NHL hockey for 14 years. And she walks into the room as overtime's going on. She said, how's it going? You know, I said, oh, the Leafs look great. Like, they're all over. And she goes, ah, it's not good. You know, she's just <laughs> seen the way this goes. Like, the way it's, if God, you it's so true. down, it just, like, goes back the other way for one. And bam, man. 
PS17 uh, in our chat line says Kerfoot penalty 200 feet from your own net. And that's, a, that, that's another reason, right? Yeah. So. Oh, and it's Tampa Bay who have five legitimate studs. So, yes, awful. The And I'm, I'm watching everything that you like about the mentality of the Leafs in overtime, which is, hey, we're not sitting back and, and we're, we're not going to try to play a rope-a-dope. We're going to. We're going to play hard. We're going to go after chances, and uh, we're going to win this thing. And it was great. It was absolutely great. And then the one look that I've hated over the last few years, which they have cleaned up, is this Hail Mary. Do you remember a few years ago how many times that we saw where they'd just throw the puck 180 feet up and, mm-hmm. and, and let yourself get into foot races? And they call it push the pace. They just stretched everything. It was awful. Last night's overtime goal just totally reminded me of that. Mm-hmm. And here you are, and it ends up on Marner's stick, and it's that Hail Mary all over again. And I'm like, like where is Matthews right now? Like six feet at the center ice, skating backwards. Like, it was just, it was so awkward. It was just something like we've never seen, like, in a long time here. But how is he, and Bunting, may I add, on the other side, blowing the zone that much when the puck is still in your own zone in overtime? Explain that to me. And close to the end of their shift, too, I might add. They were they had been out there for a while, so I agree that was not pretty. It wasn't pretty, and it was then not pretty. It, it gets picked off. I think it's Hagel. It was Hagel who's coming now a thousand miles an hour, and the turnover there has got Marner, Hall, and Giordano absolutely flat-footed, and. I think Hall went over to try to help Marner a little bit. And that opened up a semi two-on-one on Geo. And then Geo falls or or tries to swim his way out of trouble. And Bunting actually had made it back all the way from center ice. And if I'm not mistaken, may have pushed it over the goal line. Yeah. I think he did. It was just kind of a it was kind of a schmozzle like, there. The if, 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 if Bunting's not there, maybe Hall has a chance to yeah, scoop it one off of them the is red there, line. The other one gets that. They yeah. both fought it into the net, basically. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it was just such an ugly overtime goal, in my opinion, on something that looked so much better for ninety-eight percent of the game. Yeah, you nailed it there, Kipper. Do you want to hear uh, Keith on the the sort of him talking about how much he liked the team pushback and how he liked this team? Do you want to hear that? Absolutely. Oh, just continued belief, you know. Um, love the fight in our team again here today, you know. Get down to nothing. We keep coming. Put ourselves in a position to win the game. I thought we were playing a good third period. You know, up until they had the five on three, we hadn't given them one. And didn't get one shot from the slot. You know, we were protecting our net well. We were defending well. Um, we were in a good position. I loved how we were playing. 
five on three turns things. And then, you know, it took us a bit to really get our game going from there. But like I said, loved how we came out and attacked in overtime. Had plenty of opportunities to, to finish the game and finish the series. It didn't go our way. But, uh, you know, lots of belief in our group. And we're excited to play game seven on home ice in front of our fans. Okay, it, it know, sounds, uh, it, 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 it's a good sound bite. It's but? the right sound bite. Where's the butt, Kipper? But you got to find a way to get it done. Yeah. <laughs> That's the butt. Okay, yeah. You know, I, I just think for that, that Leafs team, you know, the whole plan is like, okay, these four forwards are going to have to go out there and be exceptional for us. We're paying them to be exceptional. If they don't earn their money, we don't have a chance. I thought it was a really good sign that those guys earned their money. You know, I, I just thought that, you know, uh, Matthews and Marner went up against Sorelli and the best defensive players on Tampa Bay, and they won that matchup for the first time in Tampa Bay. They went up against Victor Hedman, and they won that matchup. John Devara's best game of the series, William Nylander, all over it again, and it puts them in a position where you can win the game. And, you know, we talk about all these heroes that are unsung guys. Max Talbot scores two in Game 7 for the Penguins. I, I wrote this today, but those guys are never in those moments unless the star players get you enough wins and get you to the moments where, where they can matter. I thought those star players put the team in a position to win last night, and that's what Keith is talking about in that clip. It's just a matter of finding one now, and I was disappointed that I didn't think the Leafs had the support from the depth guys last night. Pierre Engvall's been an anchor for three games. He's been awful for me. Ilya Mikheyev, not nearly good enough handling the puck. You know, you didn't like Kerfoot's game all that much. You know, I wasn't a huge fan. Uh, Kasha has been really bad for me. Like, I think wow. this for a change is on the depth guys. The, the, the shorthanded one where you're in the neutral zone. They're stacked. You can see them. They're all there. They're stacked. And you want to make not one but two cross ice passes in the neutral zone oof like seriously that that pass by mikhaev sent a shiver up and down my spine spencer to mikhaev was one you may have gotten away with but at that point you gotta understand that you're not getting two across the zone when they are stacked right in front of you and it's one of the best shorthanded players in the league best two-way guys in the league anthony sorelli reads that play like an absolute book Picks it off, goes down, scores a big goal, and I didn't love that goal by Campbell. Caught off his no, post, again, caught, I, caught I, off I, his post a little they, bit, but I, I, I didn't like Giordano. I, he's 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 almost there. He's, he just doesn't have to end up, you know, sliding into the boards there on the spinner ram. And I I understand there's some great guys at it, and Ron McLean talked about it last night. Him and uh, Marner are two of the best at uh, at a, at a three sixty, but. Don't don't over back check that, Gio. You just got to stay with them at, at that point. I just think, Kipper, there's so much fear of someone with Sorelli's speed pulling away, and Gio's already, you know, doing his best to keep up. All he's thinking about is just top speed, you know. Uh, to me, though, the only place you can shoot that off the spin is low. Like, you do a spinorama and then shoot the puck. Oh, you got to change your momentum to bait your shoulders back. Like, Campbell have his paddle on the ice for that for me. Uh, didn't like the play, obviously, to get Sorelli the puck, but yeah, I didn't love the the goaltending there. I'm right. worried about the the game seven goaltending, fellas. I'll be honest. Um, before we get into that, JB, why don't we just talk uh, a little bit about uh, them coming home? Because we've all 
talked about what truly home ice advantage means and when does it become important yeah. and what do the percentages say. Of course, they're in favor for the home team. Let's go to Sheldon Keefe on coming home Saturday night. I think it, without a doubt, it's going to give us a boost. It gave us a boost in game five when we needed to come back. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's great. I mean, I'm sure Tampa being facing elimination tonight enjoyed being in front of their in front of their fans um you know obviously game seven it's it's anyone's game and and, uh anyone's series and there hasn't been much between the two teams really when you look at how the series has gone so in that sense it's fitting that it's game seven our guys will be ready sounds good Mm. (laughs) but 82 games i've always thrown out the term 82 games is a dress rehearsal for the real thing, but 82 games, you earned this last change Saturday night. And I will say this, as a Torontonian, as a guy that has been here from day one, in terms of always making this my home, coming home after my years in Hartford or Washington or Toronto, I can honestly say for the first time that this crowd that we've seen in the first round do not carry that Bay Street type of, you know, oh. arrogance. They're engaged. It sounded like Tampa real hardcore. That crowd was terrified. Real hardcore fans that are going to await them Saturday night and give them another benefit of the doubt. I've lost track probably in the last. 10 years, how many times they, they've done that. A lot of times. A lot. But they will <laughs> Saturday night. And if that crowd is anything like we've seen in, in uh, earlier in the series, Sammy, please tell me that, you know, that's going to make a big difference for them trying to close this thing out. They've been great in games one, two, and five. There is no debating how great they've been. But game seven is a different animal for this team, for this fan base. We all know what... We all know what this means. Game seven. It always had to be a game seven. They've lost in seven in every series other than the one where they lost in five because it was a five-game series. Listen, uh, I am absolutely terrified. I am very afraid. But I'm just saying that, like, (laughs) I think the crowd, you can talk about how they've been great. You can talk about how they're a different type of crowd, which is true. They've been unbelievable through through three games at Scotiabank. But Game Seven's a different animal, boys. It's a different animal for the players. Yeah, afraid, it's, a, it's a different animal for the team, for the players, for the fans, for the coaching staff, for everyone. It's a different thing. And I they go down. The they go. Thing. They go down a couple early. I don't know. I just don't know. All right, listen. Uh, so I, I thought Tampa's crowd was terrified in that last game, and I didn't. I, I really did not a peep out of that group. Kipper, can we throw to the Austin Matthews clip now? Is that okay? Because this is the the antidote to everyone's fear. This man does not sound afraid to me. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, we're going to get to John Cooper as well on uh, on taking this uh, this game six and coming back to game seven. But let's, let's JB, stick with uh, Austin Matthews and his comments following the disappointing game six loss. Well, I think that's all we can do. I mean, uh, what's in the past is in the past, man. I mean, we can't change anything now. It's it's about this next game and uh, going out there and with the purpose and, and details and, and just competing for, for 60 minutes or whatever it takes. And, you know, we just got to put our balls on the line and, and go for it. Balls on the line. I feel, 
cojones. I saying works his bag off on the air because this guy's just throwing balls right into the mix. Balls, <laughs> cojones, stones. Putting them on the line, boys. Balls on the line. and Just flop them on the table. Here they are. Yeah. Do something about it. You know what happens, though, every once in a while? If, uh, if they're put on the table. Careful. They get they, smacked. They, they can get chopped. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. So that's I, where I you got to be a little be careful. Good. We're good. But I like it. <laughs> I, I loved everything he said there. And I thought it was, you know, he called, I love the way he called a man and was breezy about like matter of fact, like he does, he's just ready to get back at it. I, I really liked his attitude. Um, thought, thought he's been just, you know, a real difference maker for him. I think it's a big moment for him, right? Game seven, defining part of this core here. Woo, big moment. He said, he said purpose, which we know is true. We, we know what it takes uh, in terms of, you know, the cojones that he mentioned, but the thing that I loved most about it, that they were still missing in game six, details, the attention to the details. Anthony Stewart's favorite line, mm-hmm. and he's right. Yes. It is the devil details. in the details, and they were missing that last night. They missed it with Kerfoot. They missed it with the overtime goal. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think uh, one of our Cooper quotes, and I don't know which one, but he mentions how it's tough to do that for 60 minutes. And that's the point. I thought there was a lot of good moments and, and good detail play. That, to me, by the way, last night, one of the best played hockey games of the season. Like, just two ways, no room, tight, battling through it because guys are in the right spots. And you're right, Kipper. It's like, if you don't have it, who can hold on the longest without letting the details slip? And I guess at the end of the day, that's what you'd say was the difference. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um We've enjoyed uh, this series, John Cooper and his comments. We'll find a few more here. Uh, how about the one uh, where where he talked about uh, the bounce back his team had after uh, after the Leafs coming up big? Yeah, well, it's nice to have 18 minutes to uh, to take a breath. Um, yeah, it was really unfortunate last uh, last minute. Uh, you know, it's, I think I said it this morning, it's details of the game and uh, they're hard to stay on top of uh, for 60 minutes, but they're vital in the game and just a couple detail misses and, you know, Toronto capitalized on them, but uh, really good timing for, for the break. And then we got our breaks. Um, you know, when a team's going to go down five on three in a third period, they got to earn their penalties, and they earned them both, and uh, we took advantage. Boy, did they ever. God, what a knife twist. They earned twist. them both. He drove that home, eh? Knife twist by Cooper talking about how they earned them both. This guy knows how to do it. He really does. Off a high stick that didn't stick the guy high. I love that they earned them both as a follow-up. That's that's really that's for the fans right there. All right, do you think there's a chance that Cooper plays off of the energy of uh, the Leafs and their demise over the last handful of years uh, this time of year? Uh, I would sh- be sure that in his pregame speech, fellas, he would mention it. <laughs> I'm sure he he might allude to the fact that they've had some that, tortured history in these kind of games, and, maybe. And they find a way to shoot themselves in the foot. Yeah, I'd say that he would be. Wouldn't you say that? Yeah, I would say. 
You'd say, put that seed of doubt in them, boys. That, that's your pregame speech. It's just They just need a little doubt to, to fall apart. This you know, Be patient. They will do it to themselves. Just wait and wait. Tampa's, a, I mean, it's an easy pregame speech for Cooper. All right. Well, let's hear what he said publicly on the lease. This is from today, by the way. Going into game seven. This is John Cooper today. Well, that's not going to win us a game. Whatever's happened in the past, um, that's got really no bearing on, on us. It does in their locker room, but for us we got to look back on on you know what we've done in in these situations for example uh the way we played against the islanders last year in the game seven um and then you look at you know even closeout games when you've had chances to close teams out uh in a series i know you know some of those our backs weren't up against the wall in the sense that we had another chance but you still have to go out and win games. So you draw on a little bit of experience, um, but it's the task at hand. And you know, I, I don't think we can look back at you know, what's happened in Toronto in the past and say that's going to, oh, no, we've got this. That's, uh, we'd be sorely mistaken if that's the attitude we took. What, do you get as, what, what sense do you get out of that, Sammy? I don't know. I, it's an interesting comment. He had a couple interesting ones today. We'll have another one here before we get the break, but... I I feel in that in that clip is a little different tone, uh, more sincerity in that, right? Less cryptic, a little less cryptic, more in the fact that he knows how damn good this Leafs team is. I think, right? And I think how dangerous they are, correct? And how he's sort of you know not preparing for a loss because I think they could win the game very easily, but I think he's starting to maybe entertain the idea a little bit more that they could lose this I'll, series. I'll tell you what he's entertaining, that he's coming into game seven with a little house money. Correct. That he knows how easily he could be waking up this morning and be out. And he probably should be waking up this morning. Should be. A hundred percent. And they dodged a very big bullet. Mm-hmm. Now... You know, there's. Uh, it's almost as yeah. if it's it's bonus time for his for his game Saturday night. Yeah, you know, there's a sign that Mike Babcock always had in his office that says "Catch them doing it right." So he's talking about when you're doing video clips, you don't want to show your guys how they've messed up and say, "Here's what you're doing wrong. Here's what you're doing wrong. Do it differently." You want to catch the times they do it right, and you say, "Here's the time you did it right. I want it to look like that again." John Cooper has that advantage because his point, I think, is Toronto's going, look what we've done wrong. Look what we've done wrong. We don't want to do that. And Tampa gets to say, look at our own history. Look what we've done right. Look what we've done right. And that, that is a, you know, a totally different vibe, I think, when you approach a game is to, you know, we know how to, how to do this. And that, that gives them a confidence that the Leafs, unfortunately, can't draw on. It's an awesome point. Honestly, that's a great point. It's true. And... You talk about house money and you talk about couching things. Uh, I want to listen to this other clip because I'm fascinated by it. And I don't think Borny's heard this one yet, so I want to play it for him too. But do we have that other Cooper clip there, uh, Derek? Yeah, let's hear, let's hear it. Since we had that kind of heartbreak in the playoffs and we haven't really looked back since, um, I've watched these guys just go through every adversity you possibly can and they've found a way to... Uh, to emerge and and this is just another one in in front of us um has it been taxing it has uh, and i wouldn't even sit here and say physically but probably mentally because to get yourself up every single day to 
have to fight through some things when you're just like, you know what, we've done it and it's okay if we don't, but these guys won't accept that. It's been pretty oppressive. And, and so it's been a blast these three years. And like I've told the guys, our story is, uh, it's not finished being written. And so we've got a lot left in us, we feel. And, um, but yes, is it, is it been quite a taxing time on the guys? No question. But I think, I don't think any of them were traded in for the world. I see what you're doing, Coop. I see what you're doing. Yeah, tell me because I, I, I think he I think he did a really good job. I, I think that was as sincere as you can get out of a guy in, in, in terms of what he's witnessing. He's he's saying that it's like if we lose, we don't care, we're just going in there with house money. That's what he's yes, saying. That's his true. whole that's his whole message. And it's true. I guess it's true, but it I, is true, Sammy. Yep. It is. And if and when they lose Saturday night, Tampa Bay, he will be the first one to say I squeezed every last drop out of these guys. 100%. And he will be 100% true. But you, for that to happen, oh, yeah. for that to happen, the Leafs have to give them a reason to quit, to lie down. And you just leave a little bit of a sliver open. And these guys, as Cooper said, will not accept it. And that's where the Leafs are still falling short. Well said, bud. I, I don't have anything to say to that, but it's true. Uh, one more. Uh, do we have to go to break? Uh, yeah, we'll probably get to Wendell here. We'll probably hit the break. All right, we'll let's get do to it Wendell. after. We, let's do it after. Well, we I, I want to get into uh, at some point, and I said it yesterday uh, with Gord Stellick that I felt like, in many ways, Sheldon, and I don't know where it really falls on Kyle, but jobs are on the line here. Right, and I'm not saying that they're they're both going to be fired, but losing two in a row and not closing out a series for the second consecutive year when you're up, will there be accountability if that happens? I want to have that conversation at some point, but we'll welcome in Wendell Clark after the break, and then we'll pick that up uh, after. You're listening and watching Real Kipper and Bourne.